And welcome to Slay Data. Hey everybody, and welcome to my desk. It's 7 o'clock. That's hacker o'clock today, because it's heckin' hot out. Wow. So we're indoors doing electronics, uh, staying warm by the soldering iron, which does not give us a sunburn. <laughs> but we do have uh, a bunch of stuff that we worked on this weekend, staying cool indoors. Uh, Mr. Lady yeah. you also have some news and updates. Yeah. So if you watched the show and tell or any of our social media channels, or really anything, you would have noticed that we are working with Adam Savage and Friends to help get the word out about Silicon. It's a Comic-Con, and there is also the Savage Makerverse. Um, I put the disclaimer everywhere always because that is how you need to be and should be. We make no money on this. We have no agreements with them. Um, we just miss Maker Faire in the Bay Area, and we want to help get the word out. So... If you're in the San Diego area, coming up in just a couple weeks, the Savage Makerverse workshops and more. Uh, we had Adam on the, the show and tell. Of course, uh, Adam will be there. We had Jen Schachter, who will be doing a ton of things there. And we had Sophie, who's going to be doing a really cool workshop where you make your own cyberpunk helmets and more. Uh, Jay will be there. Also, you know, some makers that you uh, may, may have uh, heard or seen in the world uh, will be at the Comic-Con, too. George Sakai. Christopher Lloyd. This is like everything you want. It's not Phil B. Yeah. <laughs> 21 Drigart. So this is everything you want to do. Bear um, Dragon will also be there in costume. Yeah. And so uh, Phil B. And some of your free folks will be around. But anyways, um, I'm going to put a link in the chat. There's a discount code. Adafruit is a discount code. It's 15% off. And again, we make zero money, zero commission. We are just doing this because we want to see makers get together. It's been a long time. If we could fly out there, we would. But since we can't, we're going to help get the word out. So, okay. Ada, what is on your desk this week? Okay. Well, this week, uh, weekend, I actually worked on two things. One is I'm playing with the new ESP32 builds for CircuitPython. Um, ESP, the, sorry, CircuitPython 8 is adding uh, support, like... Um, Active support, support, and support, you know, uh, for the ESP32, the original ESP32 chip, not the S2 or the S3, which we do support, and the C3 as well, but the original one, the one that doesn't have USB native, um, which is why we kind of never supported it, is it doesn't have mass storage capabilities. It can't show up as a disk drive. Um, but Scott has been toiling away um, before he goes on a, a big break for um, adding Wi Fi or web workflow. I don't remember which one he calls it, but it's basically, it's Wi-Fi based, but it's basically a web-based workflow or internet-based workflow, which means that, you know, we want to make it as easy to manage files as it was with mass storage, like dragging and dropping files, except you might use a web browser instead of your uh, computer's interface. But there also might be ways of making the file system appear as a network file system. Um, and of course, we can also do the REPL uh, via WebSockets. Uh, so really interesting. Um, so I'm testing that out with this uh, Odroid Ghost. Let me, let's go to the overhead. So let me, let me get out of this REPL thing. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Actually, I'm gonna turn this off and turn this back on. So this is uh, an Odroid Go. This is a um, ESP32 based like kind of uh, game gamer console thing. It's actually it was sadly discontinued, but it's really cool. It's made by a company that makes single board Linux computers, but it has you know the joy pads and buttons, a speaker, a really chunky battery, a 320 by 240 ILI display, which means that we have drivers, 
uh, on off switch, uh, some GPIO header up here. So it's kind of handy if you want to connect stuff. And then on the back, um, you can see there's an SD card also handy, um, a speaker connector, and then it's got a ESP32 Warover. This is the version I think that has 16 megabytes of flash and two megabytes of PS RAM, uh, or maybe 16 megabytes of PS RAM. I don't remember, but basically it's got like everything. It's, it's chunky because it was meant to, you know, you can run Doom on it, you can load emulators on it. Um, there's also a really great platform for testing out CircuitPython. Um, so, you know, if you want to check out uh, uh, Scott, uh, he's been doing some, I think, some posts or some uh, deep dives about uh, the web workflow, and he'll be doing, I think he did one on Friday, or maybe next Friday. I don't know. Time. But uh, now there is at the top a uh, status bar, and if you can see, there's a little circuit Python Blinka, but now it also has um, the IP address, uh, the current status, and the name of the, the version name, which is, you know, 800 Alpha 1, because I'm, I'm running a, a custom build of this. But you see the REPL as appearing normally, but the new Wi-Fi stuff, um, the IP address is new. Basically, you know, you load sort of like a secrets.py, a .n file that tells it the SSID and password. And when it boots up, um, you know, we can turn it off and back on again so you can see it. Uh, it takes a few seconds, but uh, it says Wi-Fi off and then, you know, tick, 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 it connects to Wi-Fi and it gets an IP address. Um, and now it's available on the internet. So once you program it with the SSID, then you can go to your computer and you can uh, uh, connect to it over the web. So let's go back to my computer. Um, so there's that IP address, the 10.0.1.113. So if I go there, this is actually, this is a web page. And it's like, why is it so like 1985, 1992 style? it's hosted directly on the Odroid Go. So this is like, there's not a lot of graphics and not a lot of stuff going on because it's like, this is the bare minimum. But it basically gives you um, information, links, the board type, um, and how you can get to say the serial terminal. So the serial terminal is, uh, as you expect, um, a REPL that runs over, hold on, I'll shrink this up here. Maybe I'll make the text a little bigger. Uh, this is the REPL that also appears on the TFT screen. So if I type in um, print hello world, you know, what I'm typing here is echoed also on the screen. Do you mind going into the overhead again? We'll, just we'll have to bounce back and forth yeah, a couple times. Yeah, just tell me. So, you know, if I type in, you know, one plus one, you'll see as I'm typing, it appears <coughs> and when I hit return. So it's, it's echoed and also there is a... Um, there's also, uh, if you go back to my computer, I'm just going to do a lot of bouncing. Um, there's also, if I connect to the serial port, because the, you know, the ESP32 has a serial port, even if it doesn't have a you know, USB mass storage device, it does have a USB serial converter. Um, all this stuff echoes you know, each, each way. Uh, so like I type in here into the UART, it shows up in the web REPL, it shows up on the screen. Like it's all co cohesive. Um, which is great, which means you have multiple ways that you can connect to your um, ESP32 devices. And then if you want to use, uh, you know, you want to get files on it, again, what we like about the mass storage is like drag and drop files, shows up as a disk drive. That's not possible yet. We're looking at ways of having a network drive, but there is a file browser 
Um, so the file browser is also, as you expect, it's, um, it's a hosted web page. It's very simple, but it does show the, all the folders and the files, and I can even click on the file and it'll show me the, it'll show me the text. Now, it doesn't have an editor yet. The editor, we will have an editor that will be web hosted, but it won't be hosted from within the device. It'll be something that connects the device over like a WebSocket. Um, but you can do simple stuff like make new folders, upload files. So let's let's say I want to upload a new file, and I've been I was uploading um, some turtle demos. So let's uh, we did star and swirl and Serpinski. Let's do uh, benzene. Let's do dots. I don't know what dots is. So I can upload. So you can see it doesn't appear here yet. And then when I click upload. There's now a new file called turtle.dots, and it has, looks like it just does a couple dots. Um, and then any files that are created also would be available here. So if I was doing some sort of data logging thing, uh, that would appear here. Oh, did I lose? Can I see? Okay. Um, I can also upload a library file. So I uploaded a library file, turtle.mpy, which means that I can, um, you know, uh, use this to. Um, run demos. So, for example, let's say I want to uh, run this uh, benzene demo. I can go to the REPL and hold on. I can import and then I'll paste turtle.benzene. Oops, I think I had a tab in there. It's like you wanted a tab. I did not want a tab. Okay, so then if you go to, uh, so, you know, unfortunately the tab set, but I did do the import, you go to the overhead. Yeah. And you'll see it's running. You did it. The turtle.benzene demo. And then if I want, I can, you know, uh, I can connect to, like you can't control C from the web REPL yet, but I can do like import turtle uh, dot Koch curve and then. Although that I think actually doesn't work. Let's see, import. Let's do turtle.hilbert. Everyone loves hurt Hilbert. And it will it'll do the demo. So um, you know, basic stuff is working. Like there is still like more to do. Um, the only bug I found so far is, you know, if you're in a wild true pass type of thing, um, you can't control C from the web REPL. You can only control C from the serial REPL, the UART REPL, probably because UART REPL has just like, it's it's listened to a little bit more, whereas the web stuff is um, a little bit like, you have to like, you know, get into the core and maybe the core isn't getting, maybe the, the you know, uh, sorry, the free RTOS thread that's handling um, the web connection for the REPL isn't getting, um, is getting uh, starved. It's not getting um, checked off enough. Um, but otherwise it seemed to work uh, pretty good. And so this is kind of fun. like. This is, you know, I have this connected to, uh, you know, serial, but it works just fine. Um, also, you know, if you if you disconnect it, you know, now the REPL's closed and I can, uh, let's see if I connect to the REPL, I can do import turtle star. <clears throat> Oops. You know, and I'm, I'm now drawing a star instead. So 
you know, totally, totally wireless. Yeah. Ooh, amazing. This is cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just like very cutting edge. Um, you know, I just, yeah. I just submitted a small PR change just to make the display appear as a native display, but um, it does work. Uh, and, you know, what's really nice is because we have added ESP32, S2, and S3, um, you know, really well. We've done a really good job with that. Um, and through the ESP IDF, I think we're using 4.4 as the version. Um, you know, the ESP32, it, not that it's easy, there was quite a bit of work to get the ESP32 up and running, but it wasn't, we're not starting from the beginning with the peripherals, like, a lot of the peripherals, like, just worked. Like, we have to, yeah. you know, tweak them, but um, getting SPI and I2C going was was not as challenging because we already had support for this core. So, it's like kind of a little bit of a step back because the ESP32 is much older, um, but, you know, we wanted, to, we wanted to wait until we had a really good... Yeah way of interfacing with it so um next steps are we're going to add more boards <coughs> um we're going to do uh the alpha release the beta release or whatever yeah. um to coincide you know with or right before circuit python day which is coming up um and then you know if you, if you have an esp32 um you know we have definitions for the feather but if you have other boards you want to add definitions for um we're welcoming them. Please do add them. And, uh, you know, I think we have both PSRAM and non-PSRAM versions up and running. The Waroom and Warover and Pico, which are kind of like pre... They're kind of like definitions that kind of establish um, how the QSPY flash and PSRAM is connected. So especially if you're using stuff that has those modules, you can like pretty much copy and paste our existing board definitions because the amount of flash and PSRAM and the configuration for the IDF to get those up and running is um good to go okay any question about that otherwise i'm just gonna uh, people are trying it out and they like it they are saying they've been playing along so yeah it's interesting i mean like there's just thousands and thousands of esp32 boards right yeah so. web workflow could be a cool uh way to control this plan environment controller that someone's working yeah. on and paul's working on it as well yeah and you know you get to ch get a chance to talk to everyone live uh as we build all this and do this we've had some deep dives um we have circuit python day coming up soon so all right do you want to do the great search next well i thought i would actually you know we're gonna we're gonna do great search you know time i said it's complicated we're gonna go backwards in time okay for the great search but i'm gonna show off this breakout that i worked on this weekend um okay first so this is um, a Max 17048 breakout. It's a battery monitor, so I've got a battery here. Uh, and it's a, a sense resistorless one, which is kind of nice. So you can just like plug in a battery and there's, and plug in the load and there's no um, sense. Whoa, what was that? Oh, I think it's my phone. Um, I have, I got a new phone. Um, and it's a beeping. Uh, so this is a, um, Battery, sorry, resistor senseless single lipo battery monitor. Um, and I'm writing the driver for it, and I'm using my FT232H, which I love, to write the driver in CPython. Um, so if we go to the computer real fast, we've got uh, this new driver, which I just finished. So if you are using this chip, I think SparkFun uses it in a couple boards. I think Seed also uses it. It's um, you know a low cost. Um, easy to use uh, monitor. Uh, they kind of got everything going here, and you can see it's it, it can give you the percentage state and the voltage. Um, you know, handy. It, one thing that's nice about it is it's extremely low power. So if you want to do alerts based on battery voltage or state of charge, 
I think this uses like five microamperes, um, very little or even less. So it's great for if you're making something that's battery monitored and you want to like, you know, let's say you have like a feather or a board that you want to, um, you know, it wakes up once in a while, takes a measurement, or maybe it's waiting for an event, like a button press and it wakes up and it takes a measurement and sends data. Um, but you want it to also alert you when your battery gets low. The problem is, you know, the battery will slowly drain. You have to wake up all the time to see like, hey, how's the battery doing? What's nice is that this will do it for you in the background and it can send you an alert, wake up your board and say, hey, the battery dropped below, you know, four point, you know, sorry, yeah, 3.7 volts, time to recharge it. You can send an alert to the user to tell it, hey, you know, the, the battery level's getting low. Um, and then, you know, if I plug it into um, the uh, uh, charger circuit I've got, um, you'll see it's, you know, the, the battery voltage uh, jumped up a little bit to 4.05. And um, there's also alerts. I think the alert I have is, uh, let's see, hold on. Let me open up my advanced demo. Uh, I set the voltage at 4.1, so let me set it at 4.0. So you can see. Yeah, so this is like, you know, it can send you an alert that the voltage is high, and of course the pin is going high as well. And then if you um, remove it, uh, the alert turns off, and then if you also, let's see if I have the minimum alert. They can set it to, you know, alert me when the voltage is too low as well. Kind of nice chip. Um, but how did I pick this chip and why am I making a breakout for this chip when I have the LC709, my favorite um, battery monitor? Well, that's that's a topic for the great search. Okay, let's kick it. Kick it. The Great Search brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Thanks, DigiKey. This is when Lady Age uses her power of engineering to help you, yes, you, find what you are looking for on digikey.com. Lady Ada, what is this week's Great Search? You'll never believe it, but this one is a part that's been discontinued, oh, no. unavailable, and so we have to First find First time in history. Yeah, oh, oh. for this week so far. Oh, for this hour. Since last Sunday. Yeah. Um, so this week we are kind of uh, humming along trying to find a good replacement for a part that's about to be completely unavailable, um, the LC709203, our uh, go-to battery monitor chip. So let's um, visit uh, Adafruit and we'll show oh, this off. Any uh, chance that battery monitor will make it on a feather revision? We don't know. Maybe, don't know. maybe not. Let's explore together. Let's explore together. Um, okay, so this is what we've got now, the LC709. So this um, this monitor is, 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 it's out of stock now, but it's actually not because it's not out of stock. We just sold a bunch. Um, this uh, battery monitor uh, is quite nice because it doesn't use a sense resistor. It's like about $1.50 uh, for the chips, which means I can make a whole breakout with everything and test it for about $7. Um, the original version had a TDFN part, you can kind of barely see it here, um, which was really nice because it was easy to solder. You know, eventually that became um, unavailable and now we have to use the BGA part, but the BGA part's not too bad. 
it's a nine pin BGA, but the center pad um, can, can, you know, connects to one of the middle pads. So like, it's fine, you know, it's basically, um, you're not dealing with, okay, how do I get, you know, my pads out from underneath a BGA? Um, the problem is, is that this part, I mean, it's, it's discontinued, it's still available, um, but it's going to eventually be not available. That said, it was still, because it's just so inexpensive and great, um, it's still been worth it to use. So for example, this is what I originally used. It's uh, no longer manufactured, no longer available. And so I was like, well, I'm just gonna swap over to the BGA version. Also unavailable, but there is, you know, um, 18,000 in stock, 19,000 in stock. And and there's plenty and we don't, we've been able to order enough to last us many years. So we're actually, you know, good for a while, but, long term or if something happens to the inventory we have or whatever we will have to add design out or if i'm designing new boards i'm probably going to design out uh to get something else because uh stuff that's gonna end of line is is end of line year than it used to be so i wanted to uh show how i sourced a alternative um so the price is you know about a dollar sixty so that's kind of what i'm dealing with um for you know, competition for this part. I want something that ideally isn't BGA, or if it is, not having to use the middle pads because I really want to stick to some low-cost two-layer boards. I don't want to have to go to four-layer four or like buried vias or plug vias or whatever. Lithium-ion, lithium-polymer battery, um, single cell is fine, and I want it to be I2C. So looking at the options here, I want the battery monitor with one cell, of uh, lithium ion, although maybe I won't pick that. I want it to be surface mount, and let's see what they've got. So let's only go for active parts because I don't want to deal with non-active. Um, next up, we've got a couple options. You know, basically lithium ion, lithium cobalt oxide. You know, lyco lithium ion polymer. Maybe multi chemistry. I think whatever. It's fine. I think you know lithium ion is covers everything, but still next for the interface so i actually had to look up what is hdq um and sdq so it turns out those are basically one wire so i don't want those so i want i squared c and hdq i squared c um i don't want one wire the i looked at the ones that are dash and those are actually like battery protection monitors like they don't have any interface at all they just like turn on and off the connectivity to protect the cell I want something that's a, it's really a monitor, like, not like a monitor to like care for it, but a monitor so I can like query it. Okay, so um, it pairs it down a lot. So you can see like this actually, the LC709204 is clearly the next generation, but again, I don't like the BGAs, and I don't like the BGAs with the pads in the middle that I gotta do stuff with, because I don't wanna have to route around, um, I don't wanna have to get like a 4-4 rule board, and I don't wanna do a four layer board lazy let me let me be lazy um okay so given that uh there's actually quite a few options so first up i'm going to do you know the pricing is really important to me like there's just no way i'm going to make a board with a three dollar chip on it it's basically adds like 10 bucks worth of cost it has to be like around it has to be less than two dollars so let's see what is available and i also want stuff that's only normally stocking i don't want if it's not something, it's okay if it's not in stock right now, but if it's something they usually, they don't stock at all, I don't want to, you know, I don't want a special order or something I'm never going to get. 
So actually, there's a couple of options, including, of course, that LC709. So this is by price. So you can see, you know, this one's actually quite interesting. So this is the um, F, FFG3105. So this was interesting. It's actually, you know, I mentioned I don't want a better protection cell. I want something to tell me, like, the state of charge. This is actually kind of both. Um, it has a unique identifier. It has I2C on it, but it's also meant to... Uh, possibly control and signal the protection I see. Um, it doesn't have a sense resistor, um, but one thing that is a little annoying about it, not that I have a, well, I don't have a big problem with this chip, but a little bit of a thing is it only really is an ADC. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't have um, an alert output. I'm oh, sorry, it has a chip enable, so it only, it's like there's one output, but that just is like, something terrible went wrong. Like you can't really like customize it very much. And if you go down to, um, you know, the register maps, hold on, beep, 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 beep. Um, you can do pack, you can read the pack temperature and the voltage temperature. Uh, it says cell current, but that actually doesn't work. And like, there's just user ID, like a battery ID. So it's, it's not really, it's basically an I2C ADC that's extremely low power. It doesn't have any like monitoring or alerts or um, state of charge calculator. So it's not a bad chip. I mean, it's 50 cents, but it's actually kind of like not what um, I'm looking for. So that was cool. I kind of skipped over these. I mean, I looked at the data sheet for these. A lot of these were good, but again, it's like I really... I didn't want a 0.4 millimeter BGA if I could avoid it. Um, also, a lot of these required a sense resistor. And again, I kind of wanted to avoid that. A sense resistor is, of course, going to get you the best, like, coulomb counting. You're going to be able to track the current going in and out. But um, it makes it a little tougher for people to, like, if you've got a feather and you want to like monitor it online or if you have an existing system and you don't want to get in between the battery like if you don't if you want to tap onto the battery but not get it in between um this is more complicated that said you know the, the bq <laughs> series has some good options and one thing to check is um sometimes not in this case but sometimes if you're lucky the middle pin which in this case is b2 can connect to another pin so again, it doesn't have to go out, but unfortunately, in this case, um, it is a it, it it is a ground pin, and they're expecting I think to have like a plug to be on you know inside to to get to the ground pad uh, ground plane underneath, which I don't want to do. So I'm going to skip those, and then there's a whole family of them. Um, the next ones that seemed okay were uh, like this one. It's not in stock right now. This TI series, but. Um, it was in a package that wasn't, it's a VSON, so at least you can solder to it, you know, without wanting to die. Um, doesn't look too bad, but again, it, you know, doesn't require a sensor resistor. So, you know, not, not terrible, but, um, something to keep in mind. But I would, you know, I'd look at that because it is inexpensive. And then, um, there is, uh, another one from Maxim. This is a fuel gauge. This one does also need R sense, and it has it requires an R sense against the ground. It's a low side sensing, which um, really drives me nuts because I really don't like 
having grounds that are different. Like, I don't mind if the power voltage, you know, can dip a little bit, but I really dislike it when my grounds are moving. So, unfortunately, this one is kind of a no-go. Um, so, like, as I scroll down, there's more of that BQ series. And that's when I basically bumped into um, the Max 17048 because this kind of is very similar to the LC709203. No sense resistor, runs directly off the battery, has an alert, has I2C. It's pretty simple. Um, you know, and I got the driver working, you know, in a couple hours in CircuitPython. And another nice thing about it, which I thought was nice, uh, is that the, you know, it runs off of a battery which is expected to be 2.5 to 4.5 volts, but the data pins can be up to five. So, you know, if you're using this with something like an Arduino Uno, or some other five volt microcontroller, you can send I squared C data five volts, even if the battery is at like 3.3, like it's it's protected. So um, I ended up going with this chip, but I did want to show one, one more option because I saw this weird chip. So I was like, well, like, let's look at this. I think it was the LTC. Um, This LTC wasn't too bad. Also required a sense resistor, but there was another one. If I can remember, it was. Hold on. I have it in my. Uh, uh, actually, I don't. So let me actually look up analog. Devices Maxim and see if I can find it. Was it this one? No, sorry, not analog. It was um, linear. Sorry. Not this one. Oh, bummer, I can't find it. There was one interesting um, chip, maybe we'll highlight this, that uh, Linear Tech came out with. And um, what's neat about it is it actually, the sense resistor was in, inside the package itself. Um, and it could, like, it did the coolant counting, but didn't need an external resistor. Like, it did high side sensing all on its own. I can't find it now, but um, if I do later, we'll post about it. But... The problem is that, that even though I liked that the resistor, that it was a high side sense resistor on the inside, um, it had a 100 milliamp current um, output max. So in the end, um, what I ended up going with was the um, Max 17046. Benefit also was there's 10,000 in stock. So, you know, I'm, I'm ordering basically a reel of these and I've got the breakout ready to go now. <coughs> um, but these have been actually in stock for quite a bit. Like the Maxim's done a really good job of keeping them um, available for DigiKey. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident that this is not going to be discontinued um, in the next two weeks. If I'm picking a replacement, I want to try to pick something that's good for like three years at least. Summarize nicely in the chat. Sounds like this week's great search lesson is that at times finding a suitable replacement takes some diving into the details of the sheets and recommendation, recommend configuration. That's right. Yeah. Especially with battery monitors, they're all a little different. Like you yeah. saw, some are high sides, some are low sides, some need sensor resistors, some don't, some are. Some, they have I2C, but check the register map. Does it really give you what you need? 
Um, but yeah, this one, this one's a good one. Um, I'll probably end up also looking at a high side, you know, a current sensing one um, as a, as a as a backup alternative because these the 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 model gauge ones like these where they try to model the state of charge based on voltage and um, voltage change are really funky, but they're they're a little unusual. They're weird. All right. Well, Skr has a good pun. Uh, it's a real experience, R-E-E-L. And then immediately I said, oh, we should do a new show, The Real World, yeah. where um, we put five engineers in a house and we don't give them parts. Let's see what happens. I, <laughs> they, have to, they have to fight over the last, uh, you know, tube of at Mega 3 I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to do engineering. <sighs> Sounds like Random Hall. Okay. Naked and afraid of not getting parts. <laughs> okay, that's this week's Great Search. Thanks. Where in the world is that part I need? The Great Search with DJ Okay, so all those puns are over. Um, yeah, I'm Anything to... else before we bounce? No, I was hoping okay, I could bounce. remember the name of that part, but I can't... I can't remember. It was a, oh, sorry. Is the LTC three three seven? This was cool. Yeah. So let me just show this real fast on the overhead on the computer. Yeah. This is a really weird. I didn't end up going with this chip, but I did see it. It's really funky. So this um, this is a monitor that has. I mean, like first off, anything from Millennium is always going to be like kind of like crazy and amazing. Um, they make great stuff, uh, and this one was actually affordable too. So it's an interesting, it's a cool encounter with a battery state of health, but what's interesting is that it doesn't require any external components. Instead, you have the battery in and then the system load goes through the chip and it does like the monitoring like inside. Um, and then like it, you have like a super cap, it's kind of funky and weird. There's like a super cap and um, there's I squared C connectivity and you can like query it. The only thing that's a little annoying is, um, and you can like change the current limiting output. The thing that is uh, annoying is that the current limit max is like 100 milliamps. So it's like, you know, you connect up to like a Wi-Fi chipset, it, you know, draws 300 milliamps or 350 on, on connection. Uh, you just totally, um, you know, blammoed it. So uh, not something that we could use, but definitely... Um, funky funky and weird parts so i thought like i'd highlight this as a you know sometimes um it's not the part i want but maybe it's a part somebody else could use if you want like, a current peak limiting because that's actually the one thing that most battery monitors for lipos don't do there's no way to limit the amount of current you'd have a separate circuit to do that um this one will do current limiting for you as well as coulomb counting state of charge Etc. So really funky, weird part, but um, check it out. It's the LTC three 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 seven. All right, and that's the Desk Lady Ada. Thanks, everybody.